Hi, thank you for joining me. It's Emma here and I'm going to share with you some of my recent kind of musings and um, thoughts on meditation. So um, you may be aware that I am training to be a meditation teacher with the British School of Meditation. Um, and as part of that, there's some pretty rigorous coursework that we've got to do. So um, I'm going to share with you some of the short pieces of work that I have put together for this qualification. Um, they're really interesting pieces of evidence and, um, and also just an insight into why I meditate and what, what it's brought for me. 2021 is just around the corner or you might be listening to this and we might already be in it um, and it's a year of kind of so much hope pinned to it but quite often when we pin hope to something if we don't change our mindset we can end up recreating and reliving um, previous patterns Meditation is an amazing way to um, shift thought patterns, to break kind of stuck, um, stuck patterns of behavior and habitual um, thoughts. You know, when we really look at how new and novel our thoughts are, there's not really many every day that are completely new. Many of them are habitual and they just churn around in a loop. So if you feel that you would like to just shift your mindset, break some patterns, then um, I really recommend that you give meditation a little try. You've got nothing to lose. Um, it certainly can't do you any harm um, and there is significant research in almost every area um, of health and mental uh, well-being that documents the great benefits of it. Most of which I was entirely unaware of really um, until I started this course. So I feel very passionately that I want to share this information with you so that you can best make up uh, your mind and perhaps start to be able to um, use your own uh, body to heal itself instead of you know we are so used to reaching outside of ourselves for a coffee for a glass of wine for some distractions shopping whatever it might be we are so used to turning to something outside of us to make us feel better. And this is something that costs you nothing. Once you've learned how to do it, it can cost you nothing or very little. Um, it's something that you can pretty much do anywhere at any time. And it significantly changes your brain. All right, so I'm gonna kick off by reading you a, um, a short essay that I've written for my coursework about the benefits of meditation to me and why I meditate. 
So I began meditating in 2015. I was pregnant at this time with our third baby. And if I'm honest, I was pretty swamped by the isolation that comes with stay-at-home parenting. Um, I'd been at home by this point for about two years. Uh, I'd given up a professional career in the NHS, which was entirely the right thing to do. Um, and I'm really grateful for the time that I uh, got to be at home with my, with my babies and my children. Um, and I wouldn't change it. So grateful for that. But it's not always easy. <laughs> it's definitely not the easy option, if there ever are any in parenting. I don't think there are. Um, so I was pretty isolated. And if you've ever changed careers or walked away from something, you know that that um, losing that professional identity is a bit of a journey in itself. So I was feeling a bit lost, a bit swamped. Um, and I started going to a group with some other mums where we were taught to meditate. Um, we supported each other along the way. I soon really grew to love it. Um, mostly I was using guided meditations. So these are meditations, I was finding them on YouTube for free. I would just type in, you know, 10 minute meditation because that's often all I had, could be five minutes. Um, and I put my earphones in and somebody would talk me through it so I could effectively switch off my brain and just follow some instructions for 10 minutes which when you're a parent is just brilliant isn't it to not have to adult for 10 minutes um, to just follow the instructions of somebody else just wonderful so put my earphones in so I couldn't hear what was going on at home um, and I just fully immersed myself and went somewhere else sometimes it would just be music but quite often it would be guided especially in those early days because my mind was still very active and I hadn't yet learned how to kind of turn the volume down on that. And this was just invaluable. It's an invaluable tool um, in soothing what I now recognise was some growing anxiety about having another baby and having three children. I just didn't know how I was going to cope with that. As the birth of the baby approached, I was meditating more and more each day. Um, something that isn't really talked about is that it can become quite addictive. So um, I will talk in a, a later episode about how the brain, um, how meditation changes the brain waves. And um, when you get to a certain uh, brainwave state, it just feels so lovely and um, you want to keep repeating that. I've never taken drugs <laughs> but I imagine it's a sort of similar thing you know it's that kind of blissed out state and you just want more and more but instead of you know having to take a, um, a synthetic chemical this is something that you can do for yourself. Now I'm not comparing that to taking drugs um, but I just imagine that you know there's that kind of craving for that peace and that space. So on occasions while I was pregnant, um, meditation was a pretty profound um, experience. And I had a couple of times when I had these really clear images come to me and uh, some very clear pieces of advice, just like a single word. And it was there and then it was gone. Um, and, and again, you know, I'm not seeking to explain that. 
I'm not saying that happens for everybody and it certainly doesn't happen to me every time that it, it did happen when I was pregnant very um, very distinctly um, and I think again when we relate that to the the brain waves it just means that your brain is able to function in a very different way to normal and there's an Einstein quote that I always quote and I'm really sorry Albert and I think I always get it wrong um, and it's about um, not being able to solve your problems the same way of thinking that created them so if you've thought in one way and you've created a problem you're not going to solve that problem by thinking in the same way you need to kind of break out of that thinking and I think this is what happens here in meditation that uh, you can kind of step away your brain waves change and different areas of the brain become active and then these sort of creative um, solutions images insights happen when i was in labor i um, meditated as much as i could it was pretty quick actually um, and it happened on new year's day so i just finished a uh, epic meal my father-in-law had put together big family meal family close friends really lovely time um and i'd eaten and eaten and eaten and um i was so full so full that i could feel myself going into labor sat at the table and i wasn't gonna leave my pudding so i finished my pudding like a massive crumble and custard like literally full up to right here um and i could feel the contractions coming on and um we left and we we left the children with family and we got home and um rang the hospital and they said okay take a couple of paracetamol have a bath i was so full that when we got to hospital about two and a half hours later i was still clutching these two paracetamol in my sweaty palm because i couldn't physically take on anything else because i'd eaten so much so when I tell you that I hadn't had any pain relief by this point, uh, this is 7pm, uh, baby was born at just about 10pm. Um, so I managed, I did manage to take on board a couple of paracetamol, a couple of like, I don't know, whatever they gave me, cocodamol maybe. And I did have some gas and air right at the end. But in that couple of hours where we were in triage, I had all the lights off, I sat on I sat upright in a chair on a pillow, um, had my headphones in, and I essentially was meditating. And I was able to cope with the pain. I mean, that, if you'd have told me that before, I'd have thought you were nuts because that certainly wasn't the case previously in my labours. Um, but it was the case. And as long as I was in that zone, I could cope. What happened when the nurses came in or the midwives came in, they threw the door open, they you know, switched the lights on and it brought me out and then I couldn't cope anymore and I was, you know, I was struggling. But I did manage for a long time with meditation, which I, you know, presume is very similar to hypnobirthing. And actually it was a pretty beautiful experience. Um, and the birth was fairly calm, pretty quick, and I felt like a superhero. Shortly after we came home from hospital, um, 
the year went downhill and my dad fell ill and a few weeks later he was diagnosed with quite a large cancerous tumour on his lung. So that year all of my energy went into my young children, my parents and just making sure that everybody else was okay. Between appointments with my dad, breastfeeds with the baby and the school run, I would squeeze in time to meditate and this just helped keep my feet on the floor really and kept me strong for everybody else. As the year progressed it was clear that the vigorous treatment dad was receiving was not working and it was in fact doing him more harm than good. I don't need to explain uh, the heartbreak that comes with that if you've been there you know. Um, and without meditation to turn to, I just, I'm not sure how I would have got through it. Dad passed away in October, 2016. Throughout 2017, I used meditation very regularly to cope with my grief. I often didn't have uh, space to feel or to cry or to, you know, sort of deal with it during the day because I had a new baby, I've got a two-year-old, I've got the school run to do, um, and I wanted to support my mum. I knew I felt low, but I didn't really want it labelled as depression because I knew what was at the root cause of it, and that was grief. And I had this feeling that I just needed to go through it, I needed to feel it, I needed to kind of heal it and, and experience it. But by May, I was really struggling. And um, something pulled me to, um, to a Reiki course. So Reiki is uh, energy healing. So it's very alternative. There's some growing research now. It's beginning to be used in the NHS. Um, but it is pretty alternative, pretty uh, out there, some might say. But the experience that I had that weekend on that course was just so profound, so healing. I went from, you know, I'd been to the doctors on the Wednesday or Thursday of that week. She'd prescribed me some antidepressants. I'd got the prescription and I decided I wasn't going to kind of cash it in until I'd done this course just to see um, how I felt after it. And I, I never needed to, to follow up with that prescription because the difference in me was just incredible, incredible. In the weeks after, straight after dad died, um, I came back to yoga. I'd done yoga previously in all my pregnancies and started as a student. Um, and I found real solace in that moving meditation. I found it really soothing. Um, so I was going to class a couple of times a week, two or three times a week, as often as I could, and then getting up in the morning and practicing on my own. Um, not because I wanted, uh, uh, not terribly interested really in the physicality of it necessarily. Um, I wanted the headspace that it that it gave. Um, but getting stronger with yoga definitely helped me to feel stronger in, in my mind. Um, so you know I felt strong in my body, I felt kind of empowered in that way and then that made me feel stronger emotionally. Um, so that led then to uh, my training to be a yoga teacher in 
at the end of 2018 and then I set up my own business. And although my, my qualification was actually in power yoga, which is, as it sounds, pretty powerful and strong uh, style, my personal preference is in the slower end of yoga. So I love yin, I love slow flowing vinyasa and hatha, and I love yoga nidra, which is essentially meditation. So all of those practices are very meditative. That's kind of where I come from. And in my classes, I deliver lots of meditations and it just comes really naturally. It feels really natural to me. Um, I've always loved to write. Um, so I write kind of uh, essays and blog posts and um, bits of poetry and that kind of thing. And so all of that has kind of, you know, pulled together for me to then go on and train as a meditation teacher because I feel like I'm bringing all of my skills and all of my passions together um, into one big mixing pot. So um, that's, yeah, that's my story in a nutshell with meditation. And I'm really, really keen to start sharing that with other people. Um, meditation's kind of long been seen as something that's only for or hipsters or um, you know swamis or buddhist monks and it's really not it's really really not um, so if this has sort of rung any bells with you if you can identify with any of that um, <clears throat> then um, thank you for listening and listen in for the next episode um, and I'll be talking about some of the more general health and well-being benefits to a regular meditation practice.